Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Do you know that everything in the Bible has something that is relevant to you today? Everything you read has something to say to you. And sometimes we read stories or events that happen and we just go through them and don't think about what they have to say to us. We're going to read one of those stories today. We're going to talk about a God who is bigger than our needs. This story is found in John chapter 6. It should be familiar to many of you. It reads like this. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. What that means is this, the Jewish Passover celebration, everyone in Israel had to go to Jerusalem. That's why there's a crowd here. And so Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. And Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everybody to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. So that means you're looking at a crowd conservatively of over 10,000 people. Big group. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, distributed them to the people. And afterwards, he did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. So we read that story, oh, a nice story. No, that story has a lot to say to us. And we're going to look at that this morning. And we're going to begin with the understanding that life is a series of problems. You're either coming out of a problem, in a problem, going through a problem, looking forward to a problem. It's just one problem after another, isn't it? It's just one issue after another issue. One thing, if it's not something, it's something else. You know, some of you are looking at me like, what's that thing on his nose? What, what is that little thing? That, well, it's, it's called a Band-Aid, in case you didn't know that. Um, a couple of weeks ago, several weeks ago, I went into my yearly dermatologist appointment and, you know, they cut something. Well, we got something here. We're going to cut it off and we'll get it tested and see what it is, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I've had it once or twice before. No big deal. Never, never happens. A few weeks later, I get a phone call from somebody saying, we need to schedule some surgery for you. And I go, what? What's going on? Well, you know, this wasn't the people I normally went to and everything. Well, it came back positive, so we need to go in and make sure we got it all. So I set up a surgery, and this past week I went in and they got this little melanoma removed. One problem after another. And if that wasn't enough, 
while they're putting me, numbing me up and the doctor's cutting on me, he begins small talk. You know what that is? You know, just chatting you up a little bit, trying to take your mind off what's going on. And he asks me where I'm from and I tell him blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, well, I'm from Cincinnati. I cannot catch a break. And then he proceeds to talk about the stinking bingles. And I'm thinking, Pastor Blake called him, put him up to this, and just one problem after another. And I have to listen to that as he's cutting on me, one problem after another. Fortunately, it's good news. He told me my modeling career was still intact, so we're in good shape. So life just presents some problems big, some small, some minute. Some don't mean much, some are monumental. And so here we have a group of people gathering and Jesus sees a problem. They're hungry. They can't go anywhere for food. What are we going to do? And so Jesus asks a question. It seems innocent. Where are we going to get the food to feed them? Now the disciples go, what do you mean? How in the world can we do that? He says where, they say how. We could work for months, it's said. We could work for a long time and still have enough, not have enough money to feed them. And here's the question God always asks us. When you're in your problem, where are you going to go for help? Not how am I going to get through this? That's our question, isn't it? His question is where? Well, I don't know that I can do it. Where are you going to go for help? And then this other disciple comes up and says, well, you know, we got this little kid. He's got uh, a little bit and here and there and everything. But, you know, that's not enough. And so life's a series of problems. Secondly, God already has a plan. The story tells us Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He already knew how he was going to resolve this. He already had an understanding of what needed to be done. And what that says to us today is this. Nothing you go through surprises God. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're dealing with, is not a surprise to him. Now, many times it's a surprise to us. You know, you get a phone call. Need sir, what? What's going on? It's never a surprise to God. He knows what he wants to do. He knows what he can do. What he wants to know, are you going to come to him and work with him on it? He already has a plan. He already has an understanding. He already sees what can be done. He already has a way to do it. Are we going to allow him to work his plan? Psalm 40, verse 5. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. Isn't it great to know that God has a plan? But here's the problem. Many times God's plan is not ours. 
We have other plans, don't we? We have other ways of dealing with this. We're the ones like the disciples. What do you mean I can handle this? What do you mean you want to feed them? What do you mean where are we going to get help? What do you mean? I I think we could do this, this, and this. And we devise our own plans. And many times they're contrary to what God wants to do. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And so he says, I've got these plans. And let me just tell you something. They're not plans to wreck your life. They're not plans to hurt you. God says, I care about you. I've got a way that we can work through this. I've got the ability to handle this. Are you going to allow me to help you? We all got the problems. We all have the things that we have to deal with. And sometimes we try to devise our own way to deal with them and to get out of them. When God already knows, hey, here's what can happen. I can see some really good coming out of this. I can see some positive things helping you through this. Where are we going to go to get this done? And he says, why don't you come to me? But here's the wrench in the whole thing. God likes to use people. He doesn't wave a magic wand, sprinkle some pixie dust. He doesn't use a cantotation of do this and do this and do this and magically it all appears. He works through what you have. And let me just tell you something. What you have is never enough. Well, I don't think I got the strength to deal with this. You're right, you don't. Well, I don't think I understand everything that's going on and I can't figure this out. You're right, you don't. But God says, look, I'm going to use some people. I'm going to use some things that are right in front of you. I'm going to use some things that you wouldn't even consider to help you in the midst of your need. And so you got this little boy with a few little barley loaves of bread and two sardines. Just nothing. And God takes that to meet the needs of over 10,000 people. And there's leftovers. Now, I like leftovers. Leftovers are always great. But the problem is this. We seldom allow others to help us in the midst of our needs. Well, I don't want anyone to know. I can handle this myself. And we think, I can do this. And what we do when we take that mentality is we separate ourselves from God's provision. God says, I'll use what's available to you right now. And it might not seem like much, but it's enough for us to meet your needs. But if you want to go this on your own, God's not going to be able to work his plan, is he? Hello? No, no. So we need to be involved with people. 
groups are starting. It's a great time for you to get involved with some other people. Well, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't, I'm uncomfortable. I don't like this. Okay, devise your own way of living and good luck with that. And so he says, look, I, I, I want to use what's around you. I want to use what little bit you have. I want to use someone you don't like. I want to use someone you don't think could ever help you. <laughs> the disciples bring that little boy, you know, fish. Come on, what good is this with all of these? That's us, isn't it? Or we go to the other extreme. And sometimes the other extreme is we begin to place impossible demands on people. Well, I've got these needs. They should be doing this and they should be doing this. And the problem is you start turning to people rather than to God. And so we have this story. It just seems like a simple story. It's pretty miraculous. But what it says to us is this. You know what? In the midst of our problems, there is a God who understands what's going on in the midst of my life and in the midst of all my struggles, and he sees it. And even though I can't figure it out, and even though I don't know the next step, and even though I can't understand it or explain it, and even though I don't know what I'm going to do, he already has a way for my life to be better in the midst of it. And he wants to use the things in my life that I wouldn't consider and he likes to get people involved with that and resources involved with that. You know, bread and fish? You might be facing a financial problem. I don't know, all I got's this. Well, there's an old song that says, little become much when you place it in his hands. And he can take the little and make a lot out of it. Well, I don't know, how, investments? How, how could he do that? He could just take, I don't know, he has a plan though. So he likes to use people. But through all of this, here's what's going on. God wants you to prove your faith. Now, as you look through Scripture, especially through the Old Testament, how many times does the writer say there, God did this to test them, to prove them, to see what was in them, to be able to come to a place where they realize what they had? And so here's the question. Are you going to put your faith in God or are you going to put it in yourself? And God wants you to live by faith. The righteous will live by their faith. Believing in something you can't fully explain, you don't fully understand, and you can't see, but you still believe it. Believing that God can do things you can't. Believing that God is greater than your problems believing that God cares. God wants you to prove your faith. So what that means is this, God wants us to look to him. Jesus says, where are we going to go to feed these people? Disciples should have said, we're going to you. You're the guy. You're the man. We trust you. You can do this. Instead, what do they do? I don't know how we could do this. I don't know how I could understand this. I, I, I just don't see a way around this. I, I just don't get a grip on this. And so God says, look, in the midst of all your problems, in the midst of all your struggles, quit looking at your problem and start looking at me. 
Quit looking at all the things you can't understand and you can't predict and you can't deal with and you can't change and you can't fix and start looking at me. So that's where you begin. You got a problem today? Look to God. Turn to Him. Recognize that He's able to do what you can't. Realize that He has a plan already to help you. Look to Him. Secondly, God wants us to listen to Him. As we read this story, and it's in the other Gospels as well, what happens? Jesus takes that little bitty lunch that that boy carried, and He blessed it, and then gave it to the disciples and said, you, take, it, take this and feed them. I can imagine, if I was one of those disciples, I'd be there going, Right? <laughs> this, for all of them? God said, take it and give it to them. Really? Y- you sure? That's us, right? <laughs> you see, His ways are not ours. The way He does things doesn't always line up with our reasoning. The things He asks us to do don't always make sense. But you and I have to listen to him. Am I going to listen to what he tells me to do? Now, you haven't listened until you've done it. It's like raising kids. They hear you, but they don't do it. And so he wants us to listen. Look to him. Listen to what he has to say. Look at, listen to what he has said in his word. Listen to what you know to be true from Scripture. And then God wants us to live for him. Let me just tell you a little secret. Provision happens in the midst of obedience. When you are willing to obey and do what God wants you to do, God will take care of you. Why? Because He wants the credit for what's going to happen. Somebody might like, wow, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you get through this. I don't know how you're handling this. They mean it as a compliment and they begin, you must be a strong person. You must be able to do this and this. And you on the inside need to know and maybe say it on the outside, it's not me, it's Him. And the only reason I can handle all of this is because of Him. The only reason this is working out is because of Him. Because let's face it, as a Christian, it's always about Him, isn't it? It's not about us, it's about Him. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. He deserves everything. And so if I want to have God's provision, I have to be a person who lives by faith. And that means I come to that place where when I have a problem in life, I look to Him. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to face this? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to depend on you to get me through this. And God, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. I will obey you. Now, for some of you, just let me say it this way. Sometimes... God wants you to go to a surgeon and get operated on. Well, I'm just going to trust God. 
No, what you're really doing is operating out of your fear because you don't want to go do it. And I have to listen to him because I'm going to be a person who lives for him and not for me. It isn't, your problems are not about you. It's about God. And is he going to get glory in the midst of your struggle? If life is full of problems day after day, time after time, then it's always about God, isn't it? And it's always about what He can do and wants to do. And so God wants me to prove my faith. Am I going to listen to Him and look to Him in the midst of it all? And then God has overwhelming provision. Overwhelming provision. Now, I want to make sure you get this this morning. God's provision is greater than you can imagine. What God wants to do for you is bigger than you think. What God is able to do for you is more than you can imagine. But we have some problems. We tend to have a scared mentality. We allow fear to control our feelings. Oh no, maybe it's cancer. Oh no, what's going to happen? Oh, how am I going to deal with this? What if it's painful? What if it hurts? What if it doesn't? You know, we, we just get afraid. And we battle two enemies when fear comes in. When fear comes in, there's two enemies you're fighting. One of them is a lack of trust. Now let's be honest this morning. Most of us in this room do not trust people. We do not trust most things we hear. Now, when you live like that, you have a hard time trusting God, don't you? It's my life. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. It's my life. I'll handle it. I'll take care of it. Why? Because you don't trust anybody. Have you been disappointed by people? You bet you have. Have you been hit by, hurt by some circumstances? Of course. But the enemy will do everything he can to get you where I can't trust anybody. I can't trust doctors. I, I can't trust the people who made the analysis. I can't trust bankers. I can't trust teachers. I can't trust preachers. I can't trust my spouse. I can't trust anybody. And when we lose trust, we become afraid. Because you know why? It's us against the world. And that's a losing battle, isn't it? We all know it. We try to hide it. You're all alone. Why? I don't trust people. I'm not going to tell anybody. I don't want to be around anybody. I just don't trust them. Second thing is a lack of time. Now, I know I'm not talking to you today. It'll be all the person in the next service that I'll be talking to. You, by and large, are all very patient people, aren't you? Yeah. And you see, so many times what happens is, in the midst of our problem, we get impatient, don't we? Why? Because we want it to be over. We want it to be gone. We don't want to deal with it anymore. 
And so we look for every quick fix we can get a hold of. We look for any quick out we can handle. And we get impatient with God. And God doesn't work fast enough. And has anybody in this room ever done something impatiently and created more problems for yourself? Don't need to raise your hand, I already know the answer. And so I have to not allow fear, being scared, to come in and destroy my faith. I have to be a person of trust. I have to trust people. I have to go on and trust God. And I have to give God the time that it takes to deal with and provide. Now, let me just be honest with you up front. In most cases, it will take longer than you want it to take. But God has a plan. Don't get impatient with Him. Because if you do, you will make your problems bigger. We tend to have a scathing mentality. A scathing mentality. We're critical. Preacher, do you really expect me to believe all of this? I doubt it. I just don't see how that works. I, I, I know what you're saying, and I, I get it, and I know what's it, but uh, you know, that's just for weak people. That's just for people who are dependent on something else. That's not me. And we tend to put down, and we tend to be critical. And we tend to say, you know, it's always amazing to me how people can take Scripture and say, I really don't believe that. Well, good luck then. Or we have a scarred mentality. Well, I tried it once and it didn't work. If God's so good, then why did he let this happen? I don't understand everything that happens in life. I know that God is not behind the difficult things that happen other than we have to face them to get through them. But sometimes we blame God for our problem when in reality, it's our enemy, Satan, who's the problem. And we come to that place where, well, you know, I tried it once. It didn't work for me. So I think I'll just do it by myself. Or we have a scarcity mentality. We don't want to ask too much. Do you know I have heard people say to me, one time I was standing down here praying with people, someone come up to me and said, I didn't want to come forward for prayer because that person needed it more than I did. And I'm thinking, oh man, you got great theology. In other words, God can only handle this person. After this, he's out of juice and there's nothing left for him to do with anyone else. We serve a God who is able to meet every need in this room and still have leftovers. And so we have to come to that place. God is not small. He does not have a limited amount. God doesn't say, give me all you got and I'll give you my little bit. What he says is, give me your little bit and I'll give you all I got. And that's a great trade. 
We serve a God of unlimited ability and amount. We serve a God who is more than enough. The issue is, am I going to trust Him? Am I going to give Him time to work? Am I going to look to Him for the answer to my needs? Am I going to trust His plan and how He works in my life? Am I going to stay faithful to Him and keep believing in Him, knowing that my God is able? Let me give you some scripture just to back all of this up. Romans 5.20 God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. You may be the worst sinner in this room, but you have not committed enough sin or a great sin that is beyond the grace of God. And God can forgive you. And God can help you. No matter what you do, God's grace is more abundant. God's mercy is greater than you can imagine. Quit limiting His grace. Secondly, Ephesians 1.19, I pray also that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That's pretty powerful. Do you agree with that? Now He is far above any ruler or authority or power or teacher or anything else not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has the power to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with. God has the power to accomplish His plan. You will never be able to limit the power of God. It's greater. It's greater. Ephesians 3.18 And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's far too great to fully understand. Wow! You'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us, notice, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. (sighs) You see, the problem is we're doubters. We're people who say, well, that didn't work for me last time. This didn't go the way I planned. Here's the deal. Too many times what happens is we try to work our plan rather than God's. And when our plan doesn't work, we blame God for it. And God says, I want you to understand something. No one will ever love you more than I love you. And my love for you will never change no matter what you do or how many times you do it. I will always love you. And my love for you is consistent. You can count on it. You can take it to the bank day after day. I love you. I want what's best for you. I care about you. And I can do more than you can imagine. Will you turn to me? 
Will you trust me? I'm here for you. I care about you. John 14:1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There is a little room for you in heaven. Now, there is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? How much does God love you? He's preparing a place for you right now. A big place. More than enough room. So you might be listening today and thinking, well, I've got these things going on. and I, You know, I know what you say, and I, 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 but I, I just don't believe this whole God thing. And you need to come across that line and say, God, I'm going to believe in you and trust you, and I'm going to give my life to you, and I'm going to live for you and listen to you. And God, I want to take that step. Or maybe you're a Christian here today, and maybe you're going through something right now or you've been through something that didn't turn out the way you want it to, will you allow God to provide for you? Will you look to Him for the help that you're looking for? Will you trust Him? Will you give Him the time to do it? He cares. He loves you. He's got more than enough power to take care of it. God has the problem, the, everything you need to meet your problems. If you'll let him. If you'll let him. Let's pray. Lord, today, we're a people who struggle. Sin has deformed this world that we live in. And because of that, we face problems. Lord, today, would you help us to not look at our problems and make them bigger, but to look at you and make you bigger. For some today, Lord, they're going to make a step towards you where they can kind of push and you decide thinking you can't help them. You can't forgive them. You can't save them. But you can and you will. For others here today, Lord, there's people that are here that are struggling. Would you right now give them a peace that comes by your presence as they turn to you and put their faith in you to trust you. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who is bigger than our needs. Always have been, always will be. Help us to live with that assurance and that confidence and that peace, I pray. In thy name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. 
We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.